Uh, Richard, how are you? How's everything today? Good? Doing great. I just finished installing a bidet for my mom, which is funny. I put the title of the video, Rumored Billionaire Installs Bidet for Loved Ones. So I got a I got a great bidet story. So you know I did not grow up wealthy. I am not sure if you did or you probably didn't. I, I you're probably a self made guy, right? Sure. So I grew up with you know great family, very educated, but no money, right? And um, so my first exposure to wealth was my girlfriend in college, my first girlfriend, real girlfriend, right? And she had a very rich dad, greatest guy ever, and he flew us out in my sec my my sophomore year to. England on like a little trip, right? Never been overseas or anything. So he takes us to this beautiful, we go to this beautiful hotel, we check in, right? And you know, I'm fucking jet lagged. So she goes out with her dad and shopping in town. I'm at this place called In On The Park, which I thought was like the greatest, now it's like a four star hotel. I, I thought it was like the Taj Mahal, right? Anyway, so they go out and like after about an hour, I have to take a pee, right? And I and I go into the uh, into the um, bathroom, I look and I was like, oh wow, they have like, urinals and 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 i fucking take a piss in the fuck in the bidet not knowing what it is right and then i'm like i'm like something seems a bit you know that feeling you get when you know you've done something you're not like you've done something that, that shows just how uncultured what a philistine you truly are for the rest of my life i'll never every time i look at a bidet i'll always remember that moment of feeling inadequate not knowing something it's, it's really interesting that i just yeah, got a drop a deuce in there man that would have been What's way this? worse. You at least you didn't drop a deuce in there, you know? I know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. Oh, wow. Really cool. Right. Yeah. Let's speak for that, I guess. Right. <laughs> I mean, some stuff is still unclear. Like, I'm not, I'm still not sure whether you're supposed to face the wall or face away from it because the water still kind of goes the same spot. <laughs> I They're think you're supposed to face yeah. the wall, but like, I'm not an expert. <laughs> no one tells you this stuff, man. I know. Well, like, you know, I think if you, it's like a certain amount of money you have to grow up with to understand what these things are. I really, it's really interesting though. Like when I was started to really get into self-development and like limiting beliefs and like, and how they start from moments, like, you know, single experiences that you have. I realized like that experience, like it, it really, like I, I felt very inadequate in that moment. And Sounds then, like you've been to a date with destiny, sir. <laughs> no, you know, I mean, I, I actually haven't, but I, I did go to a Tony Robbins very early on when I was first going on, you know, to speak my Myself, I wanted to see what he was teaching and I, I was impressed, but I mean, I've done, you know, I went to actually the guy who taught Tony, which is Dr. Richard Bandler, the guy who did NLP, you know, we're, we're originally. Excerpt. But I think yeah, yeah. Jim Rohn is probably more of Tony's. I've done all of Tony's stuff, but his island and done his coach training and like his everything, right? So stuff is like 85 to 90% awesome. There's only two yeah. stuff, which is a super high ratio. Let me, let me tell you how poor I grew up, man. I went to an all black school. I, uh, first of all, where'd you grow up? Where? I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That's okay. north of Miami. I went, I, so they're making a movie about me. It should come out before the end of the year. Emmy award winning guys. And they wanted me to go through all my old pictures to show, like, you know, this guy didn't just appear rich and, you know, rumored billionaire and all that. Like, he had a history previous. So I, you know, it just so happened that because my mom got sick, I got to go scan all these pictures. Man, our cars busted like we never had air conditioning in florida they were rusted out so bad that you could see the floor like the floor was just rusted through like you could put your foot through if you wanted so like we laid a piece of sheet metal on top of it it just like slid around so one of the cars didn't have reverse all my clothes were from the thrift store my gifts were like dumpster dive we would sneak into hotel swimming pools to go swimming otherwise you know ain't no such thing as a pool and then growing up my house is like 600 square feet and then, you know, my dad like, built an addition and we would, 
I never had a babysitter. I had a babysitter once in my whole life. I think that was for the better. And uh, I got lucky, you know. They, it's funny that they stuck the gifted school in the all-black uh, area to, try, I guess, try and help everyone else be smart or something. I don't know if it worked. And for most people from my neighborhood, it didn't turn out so good. But, like, you know, it's it, I really – and then I lived – I started a car stereo store in my front yard and uh, hired my friends once I, I was so busy that my dad was like, you got to get a store. Because he would come home from work and there would just be cars all out front. Right. Interesting. So, so – um. So were you a good student growing up? I was a B student. I always wanted to get the best grades with the least effort. So that involved a lot of copying homework. I I was late and missing the maximum number of days possible. And, you know, I saw school for what it was. You're not going to use any of this stuff, literally. And so, like, I I, I wrote a couple books for free. You can download t.me slash scivive. And one of them is, you know... Why are we teaching people stuff that they're 100% guaranteed to forget? For instance, the order of the planets from the sun. I remember them because I know a little mental trick. Mary Jane eats many jam sandwiches under Ned's porch. But without that trick, I would not remember the order of the planets from the sun. And why would I care? I don't have a spaceship. I'm not going to miss my left turn at Mars. It's totally irrelevant, useless information, like the unit circle, like most things. That's a trigonometry thing. Like it's, It's all crap and they just it's basically like they want to keep you in daycare so that your parents can go and work and then they they make excuses for you to have to be there all you're ever going to use as far as math goes for like the rest of your life is excel that's it you're never going to use a compass you're not you're never at like no one even owns a compass if you put a gun to anybody's head on the street you're going to be killing people left and right because you ain't gonna find a compass like there's no (laughs) it's just terrible that they waste everyone's time in this way what do you think they should, what, what should they teach? What should they be teaching in school? Things that have lasting value. Like, for instance? Dealing with humans. The humans don't change. If you can, if you can sell one thing, you can sell anything. If you can tell if someone's being honest, you'll always be able to sell if they're being honest. If you can avoid getting scammed, you'll always be avoid getting scammed. Fashion sense, personal hygiene, what does it mean to be a good friend? How do you give a good apology? These are things I'll teach you in my book for free in my earliest YouTube videos as well. Um, but they don't teach in school. And what could be more important? How about history? History. History is not actually that useful. Most people think it is for the same reason they think chess is. It's something that smart people usually know. But it's correlation, not causation. To derive the meaningful lessons from history, they could just give you the lessons straight up. Like, you know, don't don't have a, uh, a war against Russia in the winter or don't try and pass this mountain on, on your way to go fight, you know, don't try and go over the Alps on the way to go fight, you know, uh, keep your enemies close, but you'd be better off reading Sun Tzu or <clears throat> the worldly ways of wisdom by, uh, I don't remember the Jesuit priest that wrote that, like, or my book, like they should just give the lessons instead of pretending that you'll remember the history or like, so, so I guess, I guess we get, let's, let's break that. This is a really important, I, I listen, I, you know, it's an interesting point and I want to, uh, I agree with you in some respects. I think we probably agree more than than it might seem. I think there's just semantics here. Like you're gonna learn how to learn. I think we just talk about it. You're gonna say you like, gotta learn how to learn. Yeah, and I'm gonna say you're gonna learn how to learn learning stuff that you can use just well, as I th- well. I think what I think what you're saying is it doesn't really matter to to memorize dates and names and and things like that. But the, but the actual concepts themselves, like the relevant facts, like for example, like as human beings, we learn through stories. So history told 
told right is a story, right? So like I'm writing a book right now on the stock market and how to make money in investments and mostly it's how not to get killed in investments, right? And the, the best way to do that, well, well, I have that as well. And 100x but, more profitable. Yeah, but, the, the, but well, I mean, listen, there's, there's, there's ways in the stock market, you know, but long-term holding the S&P 500 is a very, very strong investment. Very, very strong. No, it's not. I'll go pull up the chart right now. I'll go okay. pull up the S&P 500 for the last 20 years and you're going to make do, like a what, do, do, 3X? No, React. no, it doesn't matter if you, but you're talking about something that, you know, you, you look back in hindsight at Bitcoin and say, that's the best investment. You could look back at Apple and say, it's even better. In other words, you could cherry pick an investment if you want going backwards. But generally speaking, if you just look for most people, I would say the safest investment by far with the longest track record is the S&P 500 by far. And any sophisticated investor would say that because it's proven that it beats all the hedge funds. It beats individual stock picking, of course. If you want to cherry pick one stock or one bit or coin, but if you invest all your money across every cryptocurrency, you would say, no, it's not going to work. If you invested across every tech stock, you know what I'm saying? So just, it's a very solid, and I'm a bit, and I'm a Bitcoin bull, by the way, just so you know, I'm just saying it's a very good, it's a very good investment though, the S&P. So, well, I'll measure it out right now. All right. If you had bought to get a 2X in the S&P, you needed to go back and buy it. <laughs> You're not going to like this answer. 2,344 days ago to get a 2X. So let me do that math real quick. 2344 over 365. If you bought that, it's going to have years ago. No, but I'm an expert, bro. I got the point. Here's how it works. You're talking about, but also it's about big, about large money. People that have money are not going to deploy all their things in Bitcoin. It's not a rash. It's not a rational investment. But you don't, you don't have to. So, so here's how making mad gains work. Now, just, just for you guys at home watching, I own the world's largest diamond. I called the Bitcoin top on the day. I've been in Bitcoin since 50 cents. Uh, my currency I created went up 10,000 X in two years, which is a million percent before staking. 2 million if you've staked it, depending on how long. Uh, free self-help books, free self-videos, raised 27 million for charity. I'm as good at this stuff as I can get. And I've called the top two cycles in a row. The trick to making money in speculation, which is buying and holding stuff, it's all speculation. The trick is to choose the thing that has the highest base gain so that you don't have to get leveraged up to amplify the gain, which is what a lot of people do in the S&P 500 and elsewhere. And then when volatility hits, you get liquidated and you're out. And then even if it continues the direction that you thought it was going to go, you're no longer in the market because you got liquidated. You're going, can you go back and say, you're using some terms that no one's going to understand. So go back, go, go back, go back to the, and say, you, you go back and slow that down and use more layman's terms if you can. Thanks. So when, when you own a thing, so let's say that you bought the S&P 500 6.4 years ago. Now you're up 2X on your money today. But let's say you wanted to make that more. You wanted to make more money on that same movement. What you would do is you'd go to your broker and you'd say, listen, Mr. Broker, I think the S&P 500 is going to go up. You see that I've got money. I want to take a loan against my existing holdings so that I can buy more. This is called leverage. And what that does is it amplifies your movement to the upside and it amplifies your loss to the downside. And so if you get 2x leverage, which a lot of people would consider conservative, but in reality is insanely high. Insanely high. I agree. Insanely high. And you see in crypto, people get 100x leverage. You get liquidated instantly. Now, liquidated means that the market moved against you. 
you no longer have enough collateral to support your loan. And what you used to have for collateral gets sold to pay your loan off and you're out. You have nothing left. You're totally gone. And in, in the stock market, it's even worse. If you get liquidated on a crypto exchange, usually, okay, you, they zero you out, you're fine. But if you get liquidated in the stock market, they come for your house, they go to the courts, they come for everything that you've got and everything you will get. They'll, they will put a lien against your future earnings. So getting liquidated in the stock market is a real serious deal. He knows. I see him smiling. He knows. He knows the story. Well, I'm just, I'm writing a book about this and I, and it's funny because I'm telling this exact story about, no, because no, what you're saying is correct. You know, what people don't understand is that you can, if you're on margin and if you're on the short side or if you, you, you could learn, you could lose more than say you could lose more than your original investment. And then when you're left with it, it's called an unsecured debit in your account, they can actually go after you for an unsecured debit because you've, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so here's the magic. Here's the trick. Why do I tell you about all this? Because people want to get rich and they want to get rich quick and they're willing to take what they think are shortcuts, but actually aren't shortcuts. They just get you to lose all your money. Leverage trading, margin trading, any form of trading is a way to multiply the house's advantage against you. The brokers make money, the exchange makes money, the market makers make money, you get chopped up by fees or liquidated and you lose everything. You're gonna love my, you're gonna love my book, by the way. It's so funny. I like literally just wrote this whole, it's a, no, what you're saying is, what you're saying is truth. This is 100% true. 100%. Where, where are the customers' yachts, right? Right, exactly. So, so how, do you, how do you beat this rat race? If you choose the asset which has the highest native gain, which is cryptocurrency, you do not have to invest as much in it. You do not have to take on leverage and loans to try and amplify the movements. You can just sit there and withstand any drawdown. Bitcoin has drawn down 85% four times. That's a huge difference. That means you had $100 and now you've got $15 had you bought the top. But every time it's done that, it's gone on to make new all-time highs. When I got into Bitcoin, it was 50 cents, and today it's $24,000. That's a 48,000x return. That's 48 million percent. That is a huge, massive, gigantic return that nothing else in history has ever done. And you could call it a bubble. You could call it a Ponzi. You could call it an MLM. None of it's true. Bubbles pop, and they don't come back. This one keeps making new all-time highs. Now, I will warn you, I think Bitcoin is trash even though I've made a lot of money on it. It is old technology. It is slow technology. It is expensive technology. It is at the top of its S-curve. It keeps dumping the same amount, but not pumping as hard as it used to. It's falling over. The world's richest guy already bought. Nation states already legalized it. You are not an early adopter. This is a 13-year-old technology. But people think that they're early. From the COVID dip, Bitcoin went down to $3,800. Ethereum went down to $88. I don't remember how low hex went, but then Bitcoin went up about 20x, Ethereum went up about 60x, and hex went up hundreds or thousands of x. And why would you want the thing that is less performative? I don't, I don't understand why so many people are happy to promote the old, slow, limp gains technology. Now, look, a, a 30x, which Bitcoin did, or a 20x in uh, a year and a half, it's not bad it's still more money than you would have gotten the S&P 500 in 100 years. 
probably. I've got the chart in front of me. I could keep scrolling back. And the, ga- the gains are better now than they have recently because the money's not worth anything. So you're well, up I, a you lot know, of gains. Let me say a couple of things, okay? So, you know, what you're talking about here, I understand you're looking back at, at one investment in Bitcoin at a certain moment in time, and you're drawing this, like, this is the best investment in the history. Whatever. The, but, the, but, the, but the point is, is that for the, to look at that, and you're right about one thing, I thought you were going to say that Bitcoin could do the same thing again. and you. But those that's gone. That's not happening anymore. That's, you know, and that was what Bob, it was really was bothering me because I, I like you. I called the first top at like 20 and I was, I never liked Bitcoin early, but at 20,000, I'm like, everyone said it's going to a million. I'm like, oh, you fucking, because you need to get the sucker. Yeah, well, because you get the suck, need to get the suckers and they got to think it's going up a hundredfold because or else they're not going to buy it, right? So my question to you is, okay, so obviously you love cryptocurrency, right? There are some very smart people who hate cryptocurrency. I like, I like cryptocurrency, although I think it's wrought with fraud. And it desperately needs some regulation to stop the fraudsters in there, but everything's right with fraud. Yeah, yeah but but even but that's, and that's true. But what happens is, in the absence of regulation, it gets so fucked up. Regulation gets, doesn't help. Yeah. Regulation yeah, it doesn't does help, help a little bit. It does Pay, help no, so much. Payday loans, payday loans are legal. It's literally thousand percent of your interest. I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you Enron what it does. Enron Celsius is it stops? No, nope. it does. It nope. does. It's nope. your money. They, had, they sure. got a pass and turned off their regular retail customers and just took accredited investors and burnt them. And it was legal. So it I'm was telling, legal. If you think that, if you think that, I listen. I know both worlds. Wall Street is not as bad as crypto, and Wall Street is corrupt as shit. Okay, like Wall Street's a corruption is a sewer of corruption, and and crypto's a sewer of corruption times a thousand. There's no there's no disclosure in crypto. That's the problem. Disclosure is a scam. Disclosure is a fucking scam. How's that? You know, you know a hundred percent that no one reads those fucking documents. You know a hundred percent that no one really gives a shit about those disclosures. You know a hundred percent that when you tell someone they could lose everything, they don't really fucking believe you. You would have to spend 50 minutes showing them videos of people crying, having lost it all, for them to have a chance of actually being like, oh, this might actually go down. So you, say, old, you think disclosure should... should does, does, no, I think, I think that disclosures are weak, limp dick legalese that doesn't actually save fucking nobody. I think that Enron had disclosures out the ass and lost everybody's money. I think Theranos had disclosures and lost everybody's money and were authorized by everybody. I think that Bernie Madoff was the fucking CEO of NASDAQ and stole everyone's fucking money. So, no, I don't think that disclosures helps anybody. It just, it's just like, oh, you, you knew it was risky. We told you it was risky. You lost all your money. But look, ah, we have a disclosure. Okay. I think that's bullshit. Okay. I think as, you should as, try and as save someone these people who's, a someone who's been in- Sure, it is. Look, it, it is worse, but but I have the real solution, and the real Tell me. Solution that's what I'd like to hear, disclosures. though. Yeah. Tell me. Okay. There's only three ways to fight fraud. There's only three ways to fight scams. You can give the regulators more money. You can hire more guys. It doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? Because they can only act after the fact, and they never get the money back. The money gets lost. All these middlemen. You can't retrieve it. So everyone gets screwed, but a couple people go to jail. But everyone still gets screwed. Furthermore, there's jurisdictional arbitrage. You can give the regulators in the United States all the money you want. And in India and in China, they don't really care. People are still going to get scammed left and right because the American law can't work there as well. And you have countries that can't enforce murder laws, let alone your disclosure laws or whatever you know the deal is. So giving regulators more money doesn't help. <sighs> Disclosures doesn't help if people don't listen. Like they just, they don't listen. I tell you crypto drops 85, 90% really often. 
and, and like, I don't even get credit for it. I'm like the only website that says like this stuff drops and I highlight all the drops and people don't listen. And then uh, there's the third way. So here's the third way. Mm-hmm. You advertise honest, wholesome products with product market fit that have sales pitches with the same tactics the scams use. Limited time offer, mad gains, pure pressure, uh, celebrity endorsement, every, you know, dark patterns, sales funnels, every single thing that you can think of, but you get them into something honest, whether that's an S&P 500 index fund, whether that's Hex, whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's Ethereum, these are honest products with real product market fit that are innovative and they do things that nothing else in the world can do currently. When the money is out of these people's hands, they can't get scammed out of it. When it's Question. in an honest product, they can't get scammed out of it because it's not in their hands anymore. If you leave Question. it in their hands, they'll get scammed out of it. Question. How does the investor know which is the honest one, which is the not honest one? Unfortunately, they really have to rely on the opinions of experts. And something, something like do your own research only works if the person doing the research is smart. But if you're an idiot and you do your own research, you're going to get terrible results. And most right. of the world, Fair enough. most okay, of the so- world is of average intelligence or stupider. Okay, fair enough. Agreed still. So let's keep, let's play this out because I'm, I'm really interested where this is going because so far what you're saying is true. My question though, okay, so you say, right, if they, they can't do their own research because they don't know what they're fucking, and just so you know, like we used to have a joke, like, you know, we would take these stocks public, right? And the prospectus would be so fucking ugly, but no one reads them, of course, right? We used to say they fucking go and they read them in the fucking, all of the lights off in the bath, right? No one gives a fuck. How, I'll take you one step further. Ready for, for this? Because disclosures were required in the world I came from, we used to send out, we'd open up an account with an investor and we'd send them a letter saying, dear Mr. Jones, the stocks you're about to buy are fucking worthless. They are pumped, listen, listen, they are pumped up, they are manipulated, we dominate, I'm not even making this up, we dominate and control the price and you're probably buying this at a price that's higher than it's worth and every dollar that you put in is probably going to zero. So we'd send this, and you know what? It made them want it more. Why? Because they said, fuck, if it's a scam, maybe I'll get it on the right side of the fuck. People are fucking crazy. But here's my question, though, going back, and I agree with what you're saying, but so you said that people can't be trusted, which is true, right? So you said they should seek out experts. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, This there's a lot of nuance here. Okay. The term con man literally means confidence man. A man right. that gets your confidence to get you to disengage your critical thinking brain, to activate your greed brain, make bad decisions and lose all your money. You lose, he wins. There are a lot of net negative games out there and they have large marketing budgets and they push you into doing things that are bad for you. Let me give you an example. In sports games and F1 racing all across the world, you're going to see advertisements for margin trading cryptocurrency exchanges. And these people are the middlemen that cryptocurrency was designed to get rid of. Crypto was designed to get rid of middlemen. You and your peers trade with each other. You do not use middlemen. You do not give your keys to middlemen. When you do that, the middlemen beat you up with fees and take all your money and you never see it again. It's counterintuitive. Centralized exchanges are counterintuitive. They defeat the purpose of crypto, obviously. Exactly. So I warned everyone directly to remove all of their money from Celsius. They didn't listen. They lost all their money. They're in bankruptcy now. No one listened. I begged them. I pleaded with them. Please do not be one of the headlines. You don't have to be a headline. Get your money into your own hands, not your keys, not your coins. No Take keys, money no out crypto. The Beatles told me that. No keys, no yes, crypto. Sir. It's right. not your key. It's not your crypto. You're right. going to be a headline. Millions of dollars are going to get hacked or lost, and you're not going to get your money back. And so as a real cryptocurrency, 
where there's no middleman, no counterparty risk, the one I invented, Hex, we can't advertise anywhere. People won't take the ads. But if you're a scumbag exchange that victimizes people, they love your ads because you've got a license from the government to rob people. But cryptocurrencies don't have licenses from the government because we're open source, a lot, mostly open source software, depending on what project. And there's no license for it. And you, so know, you, know, these, you know how corrupt these exchanges are, but they're fucking un unbelievably disgusting. No, like really, you know. like, like bad shit. Is Coinbase just got sued for its employees front running listings. Coinbase just got sued for listing securities. Uh, Coinbase also, like, they're paying payoffs to list payoffs, huge payoffs. Nah, well, some exchanges, point. sure. The Coinbase didn't do that one, but they, they had other violations. And this is just one exchange, and they're probably one of the, the more honest exchanges. All the, all the other exchanges are fractionally reserved. They just, they, <laughs> oh, we got hacked for 200 million. What happened? Oh, I don't know. Just, we got hacked. We're just missing 200 million. Sorry, can't have your money. What? This sounds like a scam. <laughs> right. So, and this happens all the time. So what do you do to solve this? So why am I telling you about this? The original question was, if you have to trust experts, how do you know who to choose? You right. need to go back in history and see who really got it right and who really got it wrong. When everyone else was telling you Bitcoin was going to 100K, I told you it was going to 10. So far, it went from 69 down to 17.5. Of my 85% drop that I predicted, it's already done 75% of the 85%. And that top call has been in profit every single day for over a year and a half with one single day. It wasn't in profit which is a Judas candle, the fake higher high, the move from 65 to 69K, people bought it, went straight down, straight down. And you know what they did? They bought it on leverage. Michael Saylor bought Bitcoin on leverage. Three O's Capital bought Bitcoin on leverage. Celsius had users had leverage, but they didn't realize it was leverage. When you sell your crypto and get a loan against it, you actually sold it, but you don't realize it. And when the price moves down enough, you're going to be forced to sell to cover your position. People don't realize that there's no, like, when they say there's no free money, it used to be true. Oddly enough, in crypto, it's not actually true. There is actually free money. I used to mine Bitcoin for free. It went up 48,000x from when I mined it. We got free airdrops out the yin-yang. Hex was free for Bitcoin holders. Tor like We've got like 10 different free money airdrops. There's free money out the yin-yang crypto. Let, let me go back a second, because I want to, because we're in this one, this critical moment here and the whole thing is, so, okay, you're saying that the person, I want to clarify, the person that you, the people you should trust are those that you can go back and actually research their track record and say they have been right far more than they've been wrong. So you can There's look- here. You got to watch. Like, They'll delete their bad calls. Okay, so let me give you, you'll love this one if you're in the stock business. Huh? You're going to think this is funny. You have a mailing list of 100 people. You tell 50 of the people the stock's going up. You tell 50 of the people the stock's going down. One of those calls is going to be right. That's the old cool. gambling hole. We did, that's yeah. the gambling thing. Yeah, yeah. And then the you mail the one that was right, your next split prediction. Half is right, half is wrong. Now, 25% of your list got two calls right in a row. You do it again, 12.5% of your list got three calls right in a row. And there's these scams, like these guys that... So anybody that's on YouTube that has a bunch of referral links under that video wants you to do things that are bad for you. They want you to get beat up by fees. They want you to pay for stupid trading programs instead of just buy a coin that could make you wealthy. They want you to get maximum house advantage against you. Anybody, so everyone that can afford with a marketing budget, everyone that's approved by the government and everyone that's on YouTube wants to screw you out of your money. They all, are, they all get paid when you lose. There's so very few of us that actually make money when you win. And so real buyers and holders of cryptocurrencies that just buy and hold, we make money when you win. We all make money when the value goes up. All these other guys, they multiply the house advantage against you. And it's really sad because 
How many people on YouTube don't have a thousand referral links under their video? Nobody, because that's how they get paid. I don't have one. I don't have one link. <laughs> Go to my YouTube. You will not see one single. I don't recommend anything. I don't do that. I don't play that game. I, you know, I just don't do that. But you can go to my YouTube. I've never recommend any. If I do recommend something, I'll, I'll hold it forever. By the way, I've recommend. So I never, you know, I never sold any crypto I've ever bought. I'm a very, very, very long term player. And everything I do, by the way. Same here. Same but here. I don't want to go back. You're still, you're, you're, you're speaking truth right now, which I really appreciate. Like, and when you, you're going to crack up with my book, coming, you have a book coming out in about, about a year. It's literally, I mean, literally it's like chapter, the prologue is what you just said. That's the prologue. I tell a story about like, you know, but just, just fucking buy it, hold it and just bye bye. Just fucking stop. Right. You just can't trade this shit. And the thought of using, I mean, get the whole thing. Right. But it's so, okay. So, if people, how do you find, okay, so you're one person people could look to. Yes. Who's another? Like, how do they find them? I mean, there are guys that fight scams. Like, there's a guy named CoffeeZilla that busts scammers. Um, you know, it, sadly, some of the things that the critics say are true. Like, Peter Schiff is generally wrong about everything. And his fund is one of the worst performing funds in history. However, when he got on... TV and said to Mr. Celsius guy, listen, you're paying 8%. You must be taking huge risk to pay that. You're lying if you say you're not. He was right. He told the truth there. So he's wrong about Bitcoin price movements. He's wrong about gold, but he was right about this. You can't pay 8% without risk. That was true. Wasn't he paying 18? I thought at some, some point Celsius. It was mostly eight. It may have been that high at one point. It went, high, it went it higher at the eight. end. It could have been. It could have been. Yeah. Anyway, well, usually these the things. In a real scam, they usually have an exit pump where they'll pump the, the, the payouts real high before they exit on everybody to get that last like reloaded. Or, or like, I know everything about scams. I'm from Florida, dude. It's the scam capital of the world. I've seen and Boca. been scammed by everything. I've <laughs> oh, been scammed by everything. Oh, where do we find, the, where do the, the people listen? This is going to be a very widely listened to podcast. Where do they find the right people? Because it's a good In point. general, there aren't any. In general, there aren't any. The, the people, you have people that will tell you about the technology, like Andreas Antonopoulos, that's useless for a lot of things. Doesn't He's too old. He doesn't keep up with the new stuff. He doesn't talk about price. Useless. You have guys that look at charts all day. They get you rec trading. If you see a guy looking at a chart, having indicators, drawing lines, Waste you're going to lose all your money. Right, he'll lose all your money. And he's going to sell you a course to learn how to lose your money faster. Right. And he's going to tell you. The whole is a joke. That's yep. fucking ridiculous. And, it, it can work on really long time frames, but usually you're just not going to zoom out far enough and you can't play well, years. You've got to degenerate, you know. For the average person, it's just not going to fuck no, up. No, no, 100%. Yeah, you lose yeah, all your yeah, Right. Um, and then, you know, so you've got the, the guys that talk about the technology, useless as far as price goes. It's the only thing anyone cares about. you got the guys that talk about price. You're going to get wrecked trading. And then you got the guys that show referral links. And I, and I really don't, other than actual cryptocurrency, like I, I don't follow any of these guys because they're useless to me. They don't have a single piece of knowledge that I could benefit my life with. Like I, they really, the best thing you can do is buy something that has product market fit, hold it and wait. Let me so give what do you, what do you, rec give me, give me, give me an example of something right now that you think is a really great buy. Nothing until the grayscale 36% discount goes away. 33% discount. Right now, so Grayscale owns 3% of all Bitcoin. It's a trust that you give, you buy, they have a private placement round. In their private placement round, people give them money. They use that money to buy Bitcoin. They wait six months. Now they can sell those shares on retail on OTCQX bulletin board. It usually trades at a 20% premium, but now it's a 33% discount. Why would 
Wall Street that loves to buy grayscale Bitcoin more than real Bitcoin, it usually trades at a 20% premium historically for the five or six years it's existed. Why would we have a real bull run when you can buy that encapsulated, encumbered, no right to redeem kind of fake, but it's really there, Bitcoin? So it's a, it's a theoretical EFT in some in some respect, Exactly. Right? They yeah. really hold it. It's really there. It's, it's really legal as heck, but they do charge a 2.5% overhead. And it's as long as you can buy grayscale Bitcoin for a third off, it's no one in, in legacy is going to buy normal Bitcoin. Why, so would the, why would that arbitrage still be existing right now? In other words, there's got to be a reason why that arbitrage well, you can't, is there. You can't arbit because there's no right to redeem. So you can't get their cheap Bitcoin and and. You can't you can't sell your spot Bitcoin and buy their cheap Bitcoin because you can't get their cheap Bitcoin out because you don't have a right to redeem when you buy the shares. And so yeah, how, company, long, how long do you have to hold the shares for? It's, you have to season them for six months because they filed a special uh, form with the SEC. But they, mm. in a normal fund like that, you would need to wait one year. But sure. because they did some extra registration, you only have to wait six months. So you think until that until that until that, until that theoretical goes away, you're, you're going to get bounces but you're not going to get a real bull run until that deficit goes away because no one's leaving that much free money on the table. They have 3% of all the Bitcoin. They have $6 billion yeah. of Bitcoin. Why do you think that that discount is there? Well, a lot of, a lot of guys didn't realize the reflexivity, the convexivity. That just means, so for you guys that are watching, reflexivity and convexivity just means that when something goes up, it goes up more. When it goes down, it goes down more. Like right. I told you about leverage, taking loans. This company, Three Arrows Capital, idiots, think they're smart. Everyone in crypto has more followers than me and they're all bankrupt and I'm at all time high net worth. And I'm just like, I called everything right forever. When, when are you guys going to figure out follow? You remind me a lot of Beatles, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he's got more money than most and he's been in it as long as me. He's a good guy. He's a, he's a great man. I yeah. love him. Yeah. Rob, Rob like, Beatles is a good guy. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, when, when 3Rs Capital got a bunch of retail money into their fund in Singapore and they bought <clears throat> at a premium grayscale shares, and now they need money because they're bankrupt because their leverage positions went against them everywhere else. <clears throat> now they have to sell regardless of the price because they're getting liquidated all of their shares. And because <clears throat> the crypto market went down, everyone wants to sell at the same time and it causes a cascade. Price goes down. So this guy has to sell. So price goes down more. So that guy has to sell. So it's price kind of 1929-ish, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it went up on leverage. Now it's going down on leverage. It usually doesn't blow off top. But this time they bought on leverage a, a double top. And now that everyone that bought that double top and made it happen unnaturally is paying a price by all of their net worth going up. And well, so that overcrowded yeah. trade, that overcrowded grayscale trade now is part of the reason why it's selling in deficit. And, and the so, thing is, you thought you'd buy, you thought you'd get a good deal buying at 20% discount. Well, now it's a 30% sure. discount and spot price is 50% lower. So did you get a good deal? No, you got but, but, but either way, though, you don't think that's the place to go. Bitcoin anyway. You said it's done. It's already made its big move. What sells? Yeah. So let's sell that aside. What else? I think Ethereum will like? continue to outperform Bitcoin for sure. Now, look, I'm talking to you about products I didn't found. I like the products I found even more, but I'm going to start with the ones I didn't. Sure. So, you know, Bitcoin will still outperform the stock market. So Bitcoin's a risk on asset. It is, is, it's kind of like free leverage on the stock market. So when they're printing money, all stocks go up, all everything goes up. You get inflation. When they rarely stop printing the money, like now, they start contracting, everything goes down. Everything goes down, except interest rates. That's what they're raising to make everything else go down. And so stocks will go down. 
consumer spending goes down, especially in luxury goods. Houses went down 11% last month. Rolexes, I called the top. I've got $10 million of watches. I called the top. They're down 20%. Um, Crypto is down. I mean, Bitcoin dipped 75, but now, you know, it's up a 2x. So maybe it's, it's like down 60 now from 69K down to 24K. Uh, Ethereum dropped 85%. It, it had a bottom of... Uh, Nine, eight, eight, seventy, seven. What was it? What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was buying all the way down, right down to nine hundred. I was still buying. Yeah. I I mean, I think I think it's still the grayscale. So we've got Mt. Gox coins coming out. There's a couple billion there. We got seventy thousand Bitcoin that the uh, the Department of Justice seized from the Bitfinex hacker. We've got Ross Ulbricht Silk Road Bitcoin, which I guess they didn't sell yet, but they plan to. There's some really big multi-billion dollar. Bitcoin coming for sale. And we've got that huge grayscale discount. I'm not bullish on the market until some of those things are resolved. We will question, get that. Question. Do you, do you yeah. think that um, there's, a, there's a narrative that, hey, once regulation comes into Bitcoin, it will Sorry open up. The, no, I mean, re, no, more defined regulation that would allow large institutions to take bigger positions. Do you think that's a narrative that's, that makes sense as bullshit? It's bullshit because it already happened. Like the laws changed to allow banks to actually custody it. New York has had extremely uh, well-defined laws with a bit license for since 2017, maybe 2018. You know, uh, El Salvador made it legal tender. I went to a Walgreens to buy my mom some uh, some like yogurt, and there was a Bitcoin ATM in the lobby. So like. I, I just it, that's a bit different, though, than like the teacher's pension fund. Uh, they feel like it's another asset they'd be feel comfortable holding for the long term. No, but like Fidelity sells it and you can buy it through the, the Grayscale Trust and it's as legal as possibly could be. And they sell it, but today does, does, the, does the fund own large amounts of Bitcoin? You want to know the sad part? <clears throat> I looked at the, uh, the Celsius uh, bankruptcy documents. And the World Economic Fund is on there and some, uh, some really big, I think there's some retirement funds that are on there. They got wrecked on Celsius. Something mm-hmm. that was advertised as low risk, but was extremely high risk. Hex is advertised as extremely high gain and extremely high risk because it is. <laughs> you read the disclaimer, it says we're lucky this stuff works at all. Right. We're lucky it works at all. It's a miracle. <laughs> so <clears throat> it's like Hex went up 10,000 fold in two years. And now it's where, on. Where is it? Where the, is it now? Where is it, it, now? Did, it went up to half. It went up to half a dollar. It went up to fifty five point six, and then it dropped down to like three or four cents. And now it's up at five and a half cents. Okay. People don't realize how big those moves are. If you drop to three cents and you're up at five and a half, you just about doubled your money already in like a few mm. weeks. And right. really, if things have product market fit, they stop dumping at some point. Luna what is was the, one what of is the product, What's the profit? What is the the uh, product market fit for Hex? Explain. Sure. So Bitcoin was the world's first attempt at making a currency. It failed entirely. Absolutely no one uses it as a currency. It accidentally did something more valuable, which has become a store of value. Lucky it, because the story changed. Oh, we're right. going to make programmable money. No programs didn't do anything. Can't even right. have it wake you up in the morning. <clears throat> oh, we're going to, you know, Ethereum was the same thing. Oh, we're going to make a world computer. Nope. You can only do a million transactions a day. Uh, oh, we're going to make unstoppable computing. Nope. You forked the network to take that hacker's coins back. Oh, we're gonna well, we're gonna be money now. That one seems to be working. Good for them. Um, so, with with Bitcoin, it it tried to do currency. It still went up in price six hundred and ninety million percent. It worked out. 
You still can't use it anywhere. That's fine. It went up 690 million percent. Use your visa. Sell it at the exchange. Buy whatever you want. It went up 690 million percent. I don't care if you can buy coffee with it. I don't care at all. Some of the some of the Bitcoiners do. They're silly. They have less than I. So Ethereum. Okay. Ethereum says, you know what? We want to do more. That's a lack of gratitude, right? (laughs) Take the win. You went up six million. Just take the win, right? Exactly. Don't complain about the the fucking coffee, you know? (laughs) They lie about it. They lie about it all the time. It says unconfiscatable. You're like, oh, really? Because they're selling it. The government's selling it all the time from confiscation. So why don't you guys stop lying about that? They say it's never been hacked. You're like, really? Well, why did they fork the network in 2010 when someone minted 6 billion Bitcoin by accident? Or why do they have to just patch it again when someone could have minted as many free coins as they wanted three years ago? Oops, it has been hacked. But you guys aren't paying attention. They just lie about it. They, they, and it's unnecessary because it's awesome enough on its own, truthfully. So Ethereum said, okay, you know what? It's stupid that this network can only just trade one ticker, the Bitcoin ticker. Why don't we let it carry all the tickers? And then everyone can have trustless computation. And so Hex is on Ethereum. Ethereum is on Ethereum. Uh, Uniswap is on Ethereum, peer-to-peer trustless trading with no middlemen, no counterparty risk. Miraculous, wonderful breakthrough. I carried Uniswap on my back and made it popular myself. Hex was the majority of trading on that thing for months and months and months. I did more to promote it than the founders. That's a huge, amazing innovation. Real-world important innovation. So we've got on-chain exchange with Ethereum. We've got stable coins with Ethereum. You're a retailer and you want to accept crypto? Well, you better get to a stable coin. The volatility can make you bankrupt. You thought you got paid. It went to half the price. Now you lost money in the deal. You can't do it. You need stable coins. You need peer-to-peer trustless trading with no middleman, no counterparty risk. You need time deposit, which is what Hex does. The only, the only thing that works in personal development is delaying gratification. Do the thing that's hard now, but right for the long term. The only thing that works in investing is I'm going to have less money now, but I'm going to have more money later. Imagine if you could have been forced and forced yourself to hold your Bitcoin from a dollar to $69,000. But so many people sold on a 2X, a 3X, a 10X. They sold their own future, but they didn't know it because they didn't lock themselves up for time. In hacks, you lock yourself up for time. And the whole time you're sitting there, you're making interest. You're making inflation. The same thing that Bitcoin miners give to themselves all the time for destroying the environment, hex holders get for free without having to destroy the environment. Because we mine time, and time doesn't cost anything, kind of. But destroying the environment is very costly. And those miners, they don't only destroy the environment, they sell down the price. In Hex, we don't have to sell down the price to pay miners to destroy the environment. It's more efficient. There's less negative externalities. So the price performance is superior. So basically, so Hex is just Bitcoin with a proof of work change. Bitcoin inflates to pay miners to destroy the environment, to dump the price, but they need it for network security. Hex inflates to reward stakers to defend the price. And we already piggyback the Ethereum network that's already secure, so we don't have to lose any money because they're already losing it. They're already paying their own miners. What's Hex? Is, is there a use case for Hex other than just, a, is it a store of value? Is it a, it's a store of value. And so is it a pre, so you it buy it to make money. It has accidental upsides that are accidental. For instance, we've received a lot of free money airdrops because people build on top of it. Like you can't trade your Hex stakes, but then someone made a product that allows you to make a contract that then makes the stake and then you can trade the share. So there's things that people built on top of it that are accidental. We have lower transfer fees than, uh, than Bitcoin. We have higher throughput. We have more security. Bitcoin is more likely to be hacked than Hex is. These are accidental awesome extra things. The real claim what, to fame. What's the worst part of Hex? What are the downsides of Hex? What do you think is the bad part of Hex? Like if you had to um, be the devil, play your own devil's advocate. Sure. I think, I think a lot of people that are new to the market fall for memes. I have to de-educate them of. So for instance, centralized ownership. People say centralized ownership is terrible. Which I don't is think weird. So. 
which right. is weird because all of the most successful entities in the world have extremely centralized. centralized ownership and control. The United States has one guy that can launch the nukes. One guy. Families have like one guy that kind of sets the rules, usually. Uh, and the animal king. If you don't like the human version of that, the animal kingdom is even more obvious. Right. Uh, companies have one president. So everything ends up having central, like Mark there's Zuckerberg. There's a huge cost of decentralization. So it's got to be a really big exactly. benefit. Yeah, exactly. agreed, hundred percent. Yeah. So, the, so, so like decentralization is the opposite of vertical integration, and vertical op- integration is the most efficient. You you get the least middlemen, the the least latency. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah. So so Bitcoin has. So first off, people think Bitcoin ownership's decentralized, and then I show them that forty two percent of all Bitcoin sits in 2000 addresses, but it doesn't register in their head. Then I show them that like 2% of all Bitcoin addresses hold like 90% of all the coins still doesn't register in their head. Then, then, so then, so centralized ownership and control is awesome. That's why Tesla has done so well. That's why Facebook has done so well. That's why Amazon has done so well because the founders own and control massive portions. Stuff that's actually decentralized like you could say the government sucks. Nobody's good at anything. It's all trash. And so I have to de-educate them of the centralized ownership. And if you look at Hex's ownership, there is massive centralization there. You know, there's a, like, so many people sacrificed for the, the new coins. Well, so the first sacrifice was to support uh, freedom of speech and uh, the Sense Foundation, a, a, a charity to do medical research. It raised $27 million for them. Then the next sacrifice was for freedom of movement because COVID really messed that up for everybody. Everyone was basically in house arrest without committing a crime. I'm not a fan. And then that one uh, generated a lot of, so you would, there was an address. If you sent money to it, you sacrificed it, you get nothing in return. But because some people noticed that you did that, you're going to get free coins on this new network. I've forked the Ethereum network. You can go use it now. The test net is fun. You can play with all your coins in the bear market. What could be better than playing with your coins for fun? No risk. Go to pulsechain.com and you can go play with your free coins. Eventually, the mainnet will come out, hopefully soon, and then you'll have a copy of the Ethereum network with higher throughput, lower fees, world's largest free airdrop. And you're going to get a copy of every single coin you have on the Ethereum network, including Ethereum itself, on this new chain for free. And you don't have to sign up. You don't have to do anything. It just works. And it's been working for months. We just want the security to be perfect, like Hex's was. And there's some things that we want to fix to make them perfect. So... When, you, when you're doing the world's largest free airdrop, it's very attractive to people. And I don't even remember what the hell the question was. What was the question? No, I'm saying the plain devil's advocate. Oh, the worst things about hacks. Yeah, so I think yeah. you educate people. It has centralized ownership, but that's awesome. It did 10,000x like that in two years. Don't you, did, aren't you happy I educated you about centralized ownership power? Second, uh, the liquidity. It has lower liquidity than other things. Okay, so what's liquidity mean? Liquidity means if you want to buy, there's always someone to take the other side. If you want to sell, there's always someone to take the other side. Okay. So like if you, you want low liquidity on the sell side so that the price moves up more because there's less for sale. And that's what the locking, the time locking does. People on average lock for seven years. That's a long time. That's Nobel Prize worthy. No one has ever locked up this much money for this long. You buy a house, you can sell it. You buy a T-bond, you can sell it. T-bill or bond. But if you lock up your hex for 15 years, you're not getting it back out until seven and a half without losing principal. You can get out, if you serve half your time, you can get out by just losing your interest. And it's prorated. You know, the longer you stay, the less penalty you pay. If you, if you do what you said you're going to do, you don't pay any penalty at all. You do very well. You get, you mint yourself a new hex. So 
The claims to fame for Hexar, no counterparty risk, all, vast majority of the trading is unchained. No one can shut it down. No one can stop it. I die website goes offline. Doesn't matter. More secure than Bitcoin, up 250x versus Bitcoin, up 70x versus Ethereum. It did 10,000x versus the dollar. 100% perfect flawless uptime. Microsoft goes down. Google was down yesterday for half an hour globally. Hex has never been down. So it's, it's vastly superior, <coughs> unique, great logo, great founder. <coughs> Hex.com, three-letter dictionary.com. That's all the upside. <coughs> Downside. You think that more volume is good. You don't realize that's how you measure people being victimized. Market makers make money on volume. Exchanges make money on volume. Users lose money on volume. Lower volume is better. But everyone looks at the wash trading, a million bids and asks, a million trades in between the bid-ask spread never moves the price, but tons of volume, fake right. wash traded garbage. People think that's better. They're stupid. People think, people think that lower inflation is better. Here's a real mind wrecker, okay? Inflation sucks, makes the pr prices of Nothing's worse than deflation is a fucking disaster. <clears throat> well, Bitcoin, bad. <laughs> Bitcoin's highest gains were when its inflation was the highest. And its lowest gains or its inflation was the lowest. Fact. The best time to buy Bitcoin was when Satoshi owned 100% of the coins. Fact. The best time to buy Bitcoin was when there was no liquidity and it was only traded on one exchange and everyone called it a scam. Fact. And I have to de-educate people of they're like, oh, but Hex isn't listed anywhere. You're like, yes, that's right. That's awesome. You're in before everyone else. Oh, there's only 100,000 stakers. Yep, that's right. Not everyone knows about it yet. That's your, that is your opportunity. In speculation, your opportunity is how many people know about it now and how many people will know about it in the future. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's honest or a scam or what. That's why the price moves. So for every Bitcoin like that, there's many, many that don't work out. You know, so like that. So how do you know that? The vast majority goes right to zero. Well, or whatever. Well, it's already, usually, I think if you do timing analysis on this, I, I think that most crappy coins tend to fail in short order after they're founded. Mm. Hex is now a thousand days old. In cryptocurrency, that's an eternity. Hex has been around for about half as long as Ethereum. Right. Ethereum was 2,560 days old, and Hex is like 987 days old. We're 40 Stogie years. Stogie years in cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we're 38% as old as Ethereum with perfect, flawless right. operation. How much more opportunity do you want to miss to be like, oh, that was a good thing? Like, mm -hmm. no, there is risk to the stuff, but that, that's why the gains are so amazing. You know, like, so if you buy a scam and you hold it longer, you're wrecked and you're going to stay wrecked. If you buy something with product market fit, look at the fundamentals. Are we on-ramping new users? Is the stake length going up? Are the fiat on-ramps increasing? Am I, am, are people in the Hex community on television more, on news more? Are people becoming more aware? Are we on-ramping new wallets? Are these real wallets? You know, Hex is am amazing in that it's the only cryptocurrency that's ever existed where you have a chart of future market supply. You know when someone can dump the price because you see their expiration date in the future. You know whether they restake or not usually because you can see what their history has been. You know what other coins they hold because you can see it all publicly in their wallet. It's the most open and transparent trading that's ever existed in the history of man. Mm -hmm. Nowhere in the stock market, if you have a level two NASDAQ, you can't see any of this crap. You don't know what other coins they're holding. You don't know when their unlocks are occurring. This is really a miracle in finance and so few people know about it. So um, what he's saying there with the level two means you show all the bids and asks right? rather than just on your computer, you see one price, a bid and ask on level two, you see all the different market makers and what they're right. willing to do. You can see do, who you're yeah. bidding against. Yeah. And then there's a lot of spoofing. The yeah, they yeah. pull their bids and there's dark pools. And they're like, we have none of that crap in Hex. 
It is the most clean and honest market you'll find with no middlemen, no counterparty risk. It's miraculous in that way. You've seen the ugly, dirty underbelly. We saw so much of that, man. Really, we do. Now, does the price dip a lot? Hell yes, it does. Price dips a lot. We've seen six or seven 65% plus dips. You know what it did after every one of them? It made a new all-time high. Right. So they're usually up. They've historically been wonderful opportunities. Let's move away from Hex for a second. Sure. What else? What else out there do you like? Because that's not. I think, it, it, I think Ethereum is fabulous, which is why I'm, I've copied the network. If you want anonymity, you have to use Ethereum. Now we got bad news, guys. We got bad news. FinCEN or the Treasury, just uh, kind of. I'm not an expert. I'm not a lawyer, but I think they just declared uh, Tornado Cash kind of illegal. They did. I think it was. Yes, I think it was part of this. Uh, was it part of this bill? I heard that yesterday. I just saw that flash well, by the screen. Not a bill. So what happened was, you know, they have the OFAC, the Office of something, OFAC, has a list of people that if you trade with them, you're going to jail. Right. They have, they're like, if you deal so with these so, people. They're sanctions list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You deal with these people, you're going to jail. And so somebody on the sanctions list, I think it was North Korea, deposited some money to Tornado Cash. And then the Treasury is just like, oh, well, you know what? Screw the honest people. This is like, you know, they probably also use cars and gasoline in the dollar. And I think if you banned cars and gasoline in the dollar, the world would be a worse place. Right. It's better that the criminals can use technology and that other people can use technology because there's so many more honest people than dishonest people. But unfortunately, they, they kind of decided uh, to add some of those addresses and the website to the sanctions list, which is, puts people in a real rough spot. Because, I mean, look, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't know what happens if we withdraw your money from genetic cash now. I don't know. My guess is they probably allow if you, they probably allow you to do closing transactions and probably not opening transactions. I would guess. No, you sure about that? I don't. To tell you the truth, I wouldn't be surprised if this was vast overreach and that people presented themselves with great risk. Now, there was an Ethereum developer that went to North Korea and taught those guys how to like uh, try and make their money anonymous. He went to prison. His name I don't remember his name, but that guy went to prison. For, I don't know, I think he got like eight or 20 years or something, somewhere in between eight or 20. It's very easy to get time in America, which is why I love coming. Hey, you want to hear a story? You want to hear a story? Where are you, by the way? I got stopped by the police. I'm in America. I don't want to tell you where. I'm visiting okay. my mom. Okay. It's hot here. So it's in, it's in Southeast America. Okay. I got stopped by the police. Guess what I was doing? What? I was shopping. I bought so much stuff at Best Buy. Literally, they called the police. And had the police come and interrogate me and detain me to see if I was doing credit card or fraud. I was using my credit card in my name, with my ID, my name, bought my mom a TV. I just, I've never been stopped by the police in like 15 years. Actually, I got pulled over once in Sweden. I was driving a Ferrari in like November and they're like, it's weird. We never see them this late in the year. I'm like, uh-huh, you pulled me over for that? <laughs> so in like 15 years, I got pulled over once for driving a Ferrari in Sweden. But like, this is the, America is such a screwed up country and the payment rails are so bad. And I know I used to retail electronics and I had people perform credit card fraud on me and I had to call the secret service and there was, I had to draw my gun and all, the guy tried to run me over his car. Crazy story. Florida, crazy stories. I got stopped by the police for shopping in America. And I want to go back and mess with this lady and get her job basically. But if I'm doing that, I'm not helping my mom. I saw the day. I'm not, I'm not doing live streams. I want to go get my vengeance because I'm pissed about this. I don't want to get stopped for being your best customer. 
That really bothers me. You guys should high five me and help me carry this stuff to the car. You shouldn't be calling the police on me for shopping. It's really disgusting. But why are they doing how, how much did you spend that they just without, I mean, I bought a TV for seven grand and then I came back and bought like three scanners to scan all these photos for the movie. And then I came back and bought like, you know, another grand of stuff. And it was just like it was under 10 grand total over three days. That's weird. It really wasn't much. They got me. And then on the thousand dollar day, they, they were like, oh, OK, let's get this guy. So why are they doing that? One. Maybe they're horrible people. Two, in America, they don't use chip and pin like they do in Europe. And so it's easier to get chargebacks. In America, you can look at somebody's card, write down the numbers, and write them with a card writer, and then go spend on that card. And, and no one knows the difference because you don't have a real pin. So that they can lose chargebacks, right? Like if, if, they, if their signature don't match, they can lose chargebacks. But in Europe, they don't lose any chargebacks. Like they can use the pin, and then they, they don't lose chargebacks. So I'm getting stopped by the police because America doesn't know how to do billing properly. You should require the pin. I had my credit card to pay for, uh, you know, food for taking my friends out. They don't even need a pin. They just need a signature. That's stupid. It's insecure. It has a chip on it. You know, it's got a pin. You know, it's me if I have the pin. Why are we using this insecure crap? It makes you call the police. It makes you lose money to chargebacks. It makes these criminals rich. It's just stupid. Cryptocurrency solves that, by the way. They're worried about me taking money back from them. In cryptocurrency, if I pay with crypto, no one can take that money back from them. So I was stopped by the police because one, America sucks. That's why I don't spend much time here. Sorry, guys, 35,000 gun deaths a year. I don't like having to wear a vest. I, I don't like having to carry a piece. I don't like living in the Wild West. And, and look, you may live someplace where it ain't bad, but the places I go near the water where the excitement is, it's bad. You live in a Miami, LA, you know, any place that's near a port, huh, it's just getting wild. So that was funny that I got stopped by the police for the first time in like 15 years for shopping. I got pulled over on foot for shopping in the store. What? How about let's go past Ethereum. I mean, just anything else that I mean, people maybe wouldn't know. Monero, Monero tried to make an anonymity. So Monero, it's harder. Like Monero attempts to do anonymity and is probably the best way to get anonymity that's not Tornado Cash, and particularly since Tornado Cash just got slapped, I guess. Um, so I guess Monero is a very useful technology now. It would be more useful if more people accepted it or if you could get a stable coin tied to it. But, but right now, if you buy Monero and you get Anonymous, now what are you going to do with it? Hard, you know. Um, there's not that many exchanges that support it. I'm not even going to name the exchanges to support it because I don't want them getting messed with. So there are some exchanges that support it. Find them if you need them. Anonymity is a human right. Privacy is a human right. It's protected human right. It's why no one else has your email password. It's why you have curtains. It's why you lock your door. And you need it for business. I need to hide my customer list from you. I need to hide my vendors from you. I need to hide what I pay my vendors. I need to hide my employees pay for my other employees. I need privacy in my financial transactions to operate a business. And furthermore, if I'm a billionaire and I go to buy a TV, I don't need somebody looking at my address where it's been delivered and then a history of all my finances since the beginning of the blockchain. It's not okay. We need mixing for financial privacy. We need privacy. It's a human right. I'm tired of the sick, fake law enforcement where they do fake law enforcement and attack the money instead of the criminal. Go attack a criminal. Go hire more investigators. Go get more subpoenas. Go get more injunctions. Go do the real police work on the ground and stop this stuff, that, this fishing net stuff that traps everybody, screws everybody. Everyone's got to do more paperwork now. Everyone's got to get screwed now. And the majority of people are honest. It's not good for society. What do you uh, think about what happened the other day, uh, yesterday, actually, at Mar-a-Lago, reading the ex-president? I just heard about it, and it, it sounds terrible to me. It sounds truly terrible. 
As a matter of fact, I mean, this is what you would see in a third world country. A person, right. I mean, look, you see a lot of guys, a lot of guys think they're going to catch an indictment. They run for president. So you saw McAfee run for president. You saw the EOS dude, the, the EOS dude, stand of Puerto Rico now, Brock Pierce, you saw him run for president. Anytime somebody thinks a charge is coming, they're going to run for president because there's a law that, you know, if someone's running for president, you can't indict them, apparently. That's maybe <laughs> urban legend, but I think it's an actual thing. But if that's the case and it's worth they having. Announce, they typically don't announce an investigation or bring a charge right before, like a, you know, within three months. But if all your buddies catch subpoenas, you kind of know what's up. Yeah, exactly. If doors are getting kicked in, you know. So, like, so, like, I don't, if it's good to protect political candidates from the existing candidates' uh, justice department, then, or the incumbent's justice department, then it's probably good not to, like, prevent political candidates from running by just screwing with them or deplatforming them or removing their speech or like straight up, like it's not okay. This is what you would expect in like a communist country with a dictator that you go shoot or otherwise harm the people right. that are shocking. running an honest in an honest competition, you know, it's let shocking. the people decide. Now, look, I don't know anything about it, but I don't, what did they do? Did they just raid his house and, Oh, it's apparently over, you know, uh, records that were removed from the White House. But just the whole, listen, the, the just the, the didn't, appeal, didn't Hillary Clinton have a whole email server that she ran? Obviously, herself? right? Of like course, just, the, right, the, the the appearance of this you know, is just so toxic. And I just am shocked as an American citizen, because, yes, you're right. It reminds you very much of what would happen in a third world country, a banana republic where they, you know, go after the last sitting president, whether the party's out of power, the, the new party uses the weaponizes the it's justice like, department. It's crazy. It's like Biden's son's laptop. So let me get this straight. How is your son in the country getting paid to the place that we're sending money to now? Not relevant. Explain that to me. How is your son doing illegal things in that country where he obviously probably wouldn't belong except for some type of funky business? And now we're over there spending billions, not news. How is this not news? And they blocked up everybody. That laptop was a rumor. No, it wasn't a rumor. It was real. I've seen the pictures. And then they locked up everybody that had anything like near it. Like anybody, like they did everything they could to try and make it so that didn't come out. And you're like, hey, man, once it hits the internet, Streisand effect, it's out. And it ain't coming back in the jar. So your son is on tape smoking crack and hanging out with what looks to be some people that, uh, I don't know, man, probably should be hanging out with. Some of the pictures I've seen with young people, you know, I don't want to get cancel cultured. So I'm, I'm being real careful with my words here. It, it, how is this not news? And by the way, why is 80 people, 80 year old people that can't drive in charge of the country? If I wouldn't let you drive my Ferrari, <clears throat> I don't want you in charge of my country. <clears throat> Period. If you're 80, stop, stop, stop. Go enjoy your last couple of years, man. Stop. Yeah. We got better people in America. We really embarrassing. Do. It's very embarrassing. It's not okay. I mean, the, dude's fucking, the guy's senile. He's senile. I mean, he was never real, sharp. Man. So he was never sharp when he was younger, but like he is literally senile. So like I would say, uh, you know, you see this video of him looking at a teleprompter and saying, yeah, end of quote, repeat sentence. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? I think like, he's the president of the United States. It's really I don't want shocking. President, man. And look, I, I donated 20, I, I raised 27 million to help people not age and, and to like stay healthy for longer. 
But we ain't there yet, man. These people need to take a nap and stop messing with everybody's lives, basically. We, we have more qualified people. I'm more so, qualified. I get it. So what's, what's um, next for you? What are you doing? So you're on Hex now is your project. That's it. That's well, your no, I mean, that. Hex, Hex is kind of like on autopilot, man. So the community put together money for a NASCAR. They, they put together money for all types of crazy stuff. You know, Hexkins are rich. Some guy just delivered a, you know, some guy spent about half a million dollars to have a painting made and deliver it to me by private jet at a cast. I was in a castle in France, which is funny because I was installing a bidet 12 hours ago. Um, and uh, he spent 500 grand to have a, an artist named Romero Brito who sold $250 million of his own art just last year. He's the highest earning, most licensed artist in history. It's crazy to me because I'd never heard of him previously. You know, he flew on a private jet to deliver me this painting of me, a portrait that a hexagon had just out of his riches that he made donated and, you know, I like it. It's the best gift I ever got. You're going to fly here in a private jet with an artist and give me this huge, you know? Right. But now I got to ship it because I'm not living next to the castle. So it's costing me 10 grand to ship the painting to where I live. So I got to get just, a I've crate. Just been, you know? I've just been through that. My, my, someone did a painting of me and I couldn't get it shipped. It was the biggest pain fucking ass, by the yeah, way. Dude. I just that. Shipping it just from New York to Florida. I couldn't get it shipped. It was fucking <laughs> so funny. Uh, it's like the gift that keeps on giving, right? right? So, um, so if Hex is on auto, so he's, he's the kind of guy yeah, that just, yeah, movie. Was, yeah? yeah, movie coming out end of the year. What's the yeah. title? The highest of stakes, the highest of stakes.com. Check the trailer out. Awesome. I've seen, uh, like the pre-release of it. It looks amazing. Who is playing you? Me. I know. Oh, you play yourself. I have to work oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It, it, I am not, I feel sorry for those guys having to like, shoot hey we're making a movie about software oh that sounds crappy oh yeah and the founder is like a fat old dude oh man this is gonna suck <laughs> like but it actually is amazing like it's really really good oh, i can't wait to, people, i want to watch the trailer yeah. people make a lot of money and then they lose a lot of money and there's like a lot of drama it's it's crazy and then um we got pulsechain.com world's largest free airdrop um that's coming out hopefully soon like months and then uh, X.com is doing its thing. Books, t.me slash SciVive. And then I got to do more charity stuff, you know? Um, and I got to take delivery of my diamond. I bought the world's largest diamond, but it's still sitting at Sotheby's. I actually have to take delivery of it and pay the import tax or ship it to Geneva and leave it. In the How freezer. big is the diamond? 555.55 carats. Wow. The longest, the longest stake you can make is 5,555 days. It's the Quattro Cinco Club. And then this diamonds was 555.55 carats. And I'm like, and, and you guys accept crypto for it? Okay. Obviously, it was made for me. Obviously. So, had to buy it. Even these shoes. I got these Louis Vuitton shoes. Ah! Insane. These, these Louis Vuitton shoes are crystal. These were $5,550. So, they were just missing one five. But they sometimes you're just like, man, this stuff was made for me. You know? Like, <laughs> so, that's your number fives, the fives. You go for the fives. Yep. Quattro Cinco Club. So I think, I think that's the big stuff, man. Hex.com is on a big dip. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. I think uh, PulseChain.com is going to change a lot of lives. We got, we got 60,000 people in the PulseChain chat. We only got 40,000 in the Hex chat. It's 50% more popular, and, and people just understand it better. Oh, it's Ethereum, but it only deflates. There's no inflation. It stays mm -hmm. in the environment. It's like it's free money. People love free money, man. That's what I, I wrote self-help books. Crypto is not even in them. I teach people how to do business, you know, start, start your own business, hire employees, have a unique benefit statement, you know, cut out middlemen. But crypto invalidates it all. You make more money buying the right coin and shoving your thumb up your butt 
and paying capital gains rate when you eventually sell. Mm-hmm. Then you do working hard and paying personal income tax rate. And, and you're just like, you get tax advantages. You don't have to work. You, you, the guys that started Coinbase, the, the, like, the B-round investors in Coinbase didn't make as much money if they just bought Bitcoin. And the guy that founded, Tony Gallippi, the guy that founded BitPay, he would have made more money just buying Bitcoin and starting a Bitcoin business. Successful businesses have crap results compared to cryptocurrency. It's just the world is different now. It really is. And it won't always be this way. Eventually, everyone will be in crypto and these games won't be the same. But as long as so few people are out of crypto or so few, so few people are in it and so many aren't in it, it leaves these potentials at absolutely insane levels. Even the limp, weak-gained Bitcoin did a 20x in about a year and a half. That's, that's you and your grandpa's lifetime earnings in the SP 500. It's insane. So like, if you get cryptocurrency right, you never have to work another day in your life. If you get it wrong, you lose everything. So which is the coin to buy right now? Ethereum, you think? I think, I, think I mean, Monero probably gets, I didn't look at any charts. I would guess Monero would bounce based on the, uh, the bad news with Tornado Cash, its competitor. The crypto is weird, right? So I, I would have to look like, does someone have leverage positions open right now? Is there some other news that's going on? My guess would be if I looked at a chart, Monero had already probably bounced twenty percent. I'd guess. You want me to look? Let's go see. Well, how I'm talking for like the next two to like next two to three Pulse, years. Hex.com, Pulsechain.com, Ethereum. Ethereum's got a switch from proof of work to proof of stake. If they pull it off, it's going to be a great reduction in emissions, which should lower the supply. Um, you're also getting that free airdrop um, with Pulsechain on all your Ethereum assets. I think Bitcoin will continue its S curve limp kind of. It'll get back up. It'll eventually make 100K new all-time high, but it'll just get there very slowly. Unfortunately, good projects in crypto, in my opinion, only launch one or two times a year and bad mm-hmm. projects launch every 10 minutes. It's just fucking so, true. Yep. I wish I could give you a big list of awesome stuff, but other than Ethereum, Monero, Bitcoin, Hex, Pulse Chain, Pulse X. Pulse X is our version of Uniswap, that peer-to-peer trustless trading. When I say trustless, it means that you ain't got no middleman. It's a weird word. You should come up with a better word than trustless because it sounds mm. well. The middleman like supposedly trust. someone you could trust. So without, so no middleman means trustless. <laughs> Even the New York Stock Exchange published bad price tickers. People talk about people get the blockchain so wrong. The blockchain is only useful for basically currency and not much else. Why? Because we're willing to pay the worst fees, the lowest throughput. The, the highest latency, the worst database. So everyone can see it. Exactly. This exactly. Is not the big, right? exactly. Exactly. Of course. And so if you try and put the New York Stock Exchange price feed on there, they had to go back and edit it because they mis- made a mistake. Of course, right. If you have it on a real blockchain, nobody can go back and edit it. And so what do you do? You introduce an admin key. Okay. Well, now if you got to trust this guy not to edit it, he can just run it on AWS. You can just run it on a normal database. You don't need the blockchain if you trust. Right. That's why you can't put real estate in the blockchain. Hey, man, here's a house. It's on the blockchain, right? Oh, it got swallowed in a storm. Who's going to edit the blockchain? Oh, well, someone has to. Then that guy is a point of failure right there. Mm. And anytime the blockchain touches the real world, you can't trust it anymore. The blockchain is only truly trustless when it's digital to digital. That's the reason that you see a lot of these scams because they let their crypto go, their keys into somebody else's hands. It leaves the digital world, goes into the real world in somebody else's hands, and then they scam. They lie. They say they're going to give you big returns, and then they just steal all your money. Picking up pennies in front of freight trains, you're going to risk your whole stack for 7% on something that goes up thousands of percent if you just wait. Terrible idea. Terrible idea. X.com solves that. You're in yield while you're holding your keys. No middlemen. There you go, buddy. Listen, I appreciate the time, by the way. 
Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's going to come out in like six months. And uh, got to say, everybody, I would follow really with this man saying he knows a lot of stuff. You know, listen, yeah, everyone's got to make their own decisions on stuff. But clearly, I'm a believer in long-term holding, no leverage. Uh, I think that's You changed. Such a, you, you, uh, you used to hate crypto. Now, I did. you saw the light. Well, uh, yeah, but I, I don't like all. I, I like very few. It's like sure. really, it's almost like Bitcoin. I always say Bitcoin Ethereum. I never recommend anything else, really. I mean, I think that... Here's why I, I really came around with it. Number one is that um, I was right when I called it. It was like 20,000 going down to three. Because at that time, it was just so obvious to me what was going yeah. on. Obvious. But the person that changed my mind was Beatles. Mm, nice. That's who educated me. So you know, I, I, he was the first person that really talked to me in a very sober way about it. Like, it's going to a million. It's going to replace the dollar. I was like, oh, fucking stop, you know? Yeah. And, and that's when I first started looking at the actual technology, which you're right, has a lot of limits, but this one, I, I'm a believer in this one overriding point that it's the, the, this issue of, of, of having everyone being able to look at the ledger is just in, with printing money. It's so fucking toxic. What happens behind closed doors with debasing currencies? It's so screwed up that that alone is just worth so much money. And that's why like decentralization doesn't work for many things. But for this, it's worth it because in doing that, it stops every king, every government, every reserve, call it federal or not. They always in Hitler. I never met what didn't eventually debase their currency, right? And that's why it's just that, that that advantage is so powerful. I don't care how much fucking emissions it has or how slow it might be as a store of value. It's very, very compelling. It really is. I, I got one question for you. Sure. I got a lot of questions. I mean, I can, yeah. I mean, look, I'm sure everyone beats you up about all the movie stuff. What's that? I want to make people rich. I want to make people rich. I'm here in the States. I'm usually in Europe. I don't like playing the wild west. Who else should I talk to? You know, I'm here. Uh, I'm, I'm in person. I'm willing to fly around. Who do you think I should talk to? About what? I'll talk about anything. Yeah. I'm real fun to talk to. Of like podcast stuff? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it depends what you're looking to do. You're looking for people to uh, that know fast, just get exposure. Like, for example, there's a lot of podcasts with you know, big followings out there. You got, I've been on Logan Paul's podcast. I've been on the Nelk Boys podcast. I've been on, I mean, I've been on a lot up, of them. So, so I will. If you can, if you enjoyed the chat we had, I think I Absolutely. can save a lot of people, man. I think I can I will. Really help a lot of people. I will. I'll definitely give you some. Uh, I'll. I, we have his. Uh, after uh, you have his number. Perfect. Yeah. Great. Let me do that. I'll give you a list of people. I'll. I I'll spread, yeah. I can certainly hook you up in that regard. So. Uh, Jordan, listen, I, loved, I appreciate. Uh, I love your. Uh, I can't wait to see your next book. And I love it when people that are been on the other side of the phone because I used to do phone sales and I understand the adrenaline rush. <laughs> and I got to tell you, a few people really understand it. It's a big deal, man. It's like, it's like winning the ball game, bro. I know. <laughs> It's a superpower, right? When you have it. Yeah. yeah. All right, buddy. Great to you, see man. you. Everybody, check out Richard Hart. He's an awesome dude. Very, very uh, smart, full of great advice. Take Thank care, you. buddy. Ciao, man.